0: Welcome to the fourth episode of the Big Fat Brewer Podcast. I'm here with the lovely Beer Angel, and uh, we're we're going to be talking about a lot of interesting things today. Some news that's uh, come out about jo- uh, Georgia Breweries, some events that are coming up, and, and things like that. But let's uh, first talk about uh, what we're drinking. So, um, what are we drinking? Well,
1: first here? I'll say hello.
0: Okay, hello.
1: And, um... <laughs> <laughs> we are drinking uh red hair cream sickle
0: right it's the cottontail orange cream sickle orange ale.
1: cream sickle ale yes
0: and i I like it it's um at the brewery i actually I, I like it better in the can than I had at the brewery and i and I liked it I mean I'm not saying i didn't I didn't like it at the brewery but uh, to me the The beer, when I drank it at the brewery, tasted um, more like a blend of Kool-Aid and beer than, you know, an orange-flavored Yeah, I'm
1: tasting more orange.
0: Yeah, I'm tasting a more natural orange flavor rather than the more artificial flavor that I felt like I was tasting last time. Maybe it's just because it's settled out some. It's been in the fridge for a couple weeks. But um, it's tasty. Definitely got a lot of orange flavor. A lot of that creaminess. I think they may be putting lactose in here. I'm not sure. Um, um yeah. it's got a nice little, um,
1: mine has a, a lot of head on it. So I'm having,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was like a Hillary pour there. Uh, <laughs> Hey Mary now, Angel.
1: Hey uh, now, be
0: quiet. Pretty pathetic.
1: Not even close.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we went to this. Uh, what was the release party for this beer? It was it was good. Yeah. Um, they also uh, released their grapefruit um, soda in cans, and they released the Hassenpfeffer. I think that's how you pronounce it. The
1: uh, Oktoberfest.
0: Oktoberfest. Right. We're gonna be talking about that a little bit later because we're we're gonna talk about what Oktoberfest beers are, their history, and. Uh, you know, why they come out around this time of year. So, um.
1: We're not going to talk about pumpkin beers?
0: (laughs) We are not going to talk about pumpkin beers. Well,
1: you know, it is, you know, it's almost September. You're supposed to be, you know, drinking pumpkin beers by now, right? So, I'm,
0: okay. Pumpkin Harvest (laughs) hasn't even come in yet.
1: Yeah, but you know, in August is when they start. So, when they
0: start making pumpkin beers in August, actually, they start making them in june in july when they start making them that early so that they can get them out into the market in time for the pumpkin beer season um the they can't possibly be using fresh pumpkins right. these are pumpkins that uh it's well, probably pumpkin meat that's been preserved and you know canned and and kept over a uh you know, in, a, in cold storage for
1: yeah. I a few doubt months. they all used fresh pumpkins. I mean, that's, they couldn't possibly that's a lot of work.
0: be using fresh pumpkin. No, because pumpkins aren't fresh except in October.
1: Right, and that's when they have to release their beers. They usually release them before that. So right,
0: yeah, and it you know to me it's not pumpkin that's really the star of the pumpkin beer uh, show. It's the spices yeah yeah um so you do
1: like to you know sometimes taste a little of that pumpkin in there
0: yeah a little bit of that nice kind of pumpkin um i don't know that kind of in the background it's not it's not pumpkin's never a very strong flavor anyway no but the um like to accentuate that i did a pumpkin beer one time didn't i
1: Uh, i don't know I thought you wanted to do a pumpkin beer, but I don't. I'm not sure if you did one. Yeah, yeah. You did a spiced beer of some kind,
0: right? I did a, a winter warmer. I actually no. I start yeah yeah. I did. I, I, a winter warmer. I've also done. Uh, I've also done what time? The first time I was going to do a winter warmer, I waited too long to to make it, and it was starting to get into January, and well, it was January.
1: You didn't have and, too much cinnamon in it or something. So well, like yeah, no, the winter, the yeah. first
0: winter warmer I did had way too much cinnamon. I mean, I put a cinnamon stick in at 30 minutes or something like that and let it boil. And it just was so, it was like cinnamon bomb. And about uh, six months after kegging, it actually mellowed out to the point where you could drink it.
1: Yeah, I remember um,
0: that. But then the next time, next year, I was trying to make a, I was going to make a a clone of the, um lakefront christmas which is a, a very famous christmas beer that comes out every year and people love it and lakefront's a, a good brewery and uh so i thought you know i'll clone I'll, I'll get this clone recipe and i'll put that together and see how that comes out but then i got the recipe and didn't brew because christmas time was really busy and and all that so I didn't actually brew the, the recipe until February or, Jan, or January, something like that. Late January, early February. And I remember thinking, well, I don't want a Christmas beer in February. So I, I switched gears, went over to Whole Foods and got uh, two pounds of fresh ginger. And then I processed that in my uh, food processor to make this ginger puree. And uh, this happened to be a day I was uh, brewing uh, with a, with the group with the with my uh, homebrew club at uh, another uh, member's house, and so I, t- I took all my stuff up with a, a Ziploc bag filled with two pounds of gar- of uh, ginger, fresh ginger, organic, beautiful stuff, and um, and we. So we uh, brewed the beer. I put the ginger in uh, to the boil probably around uh, 40 or 15 minutes to the end. And so then uh, getting it out of the kettle and into the uh, fermenter without taking all of that pulp from the ginger was an absolute nightmare it was the worst i
1: wasn't there but no I, you weren't there i you heard the story it.
0: it was it was an absolute nightmare but once i got it done and once i got it into the into the uh fermenter and it was clean it was it was all uh, it was clean um and and fermented this thing it was so spicy uh from the ginger right it was that. a
1: dark beer too, right?
0: It was It was a fairly dark beer. It was, uh, it was the base was, um, uh, I guess, equivalent to maybe a, a brown ale with a little bit of, maybe a little darker than most brown ales. It was kind of in that vein. It wasn't really a porter, but it wasn't...
1: Um, I just remember it being dark.
0: Yeah, it didn't yeah. have any roasted flavor because it didn't use any roasted malts, but it was very dark. And it was mostly from crystal malts, which... Um, give you a dark color and give you a deep kind of uh, crystal malts are the the sugars are more caramelized so it gives you a uh, can give you a caramel flavor a candy flavor it can give you plums like stone fruits and things like that um, kind of flavors Uh, just hints not big these aren't big notes these are just little hints that that crystal can give you Uh, there's um, anyway the the beer was I thought really good, but I love ginger. A lot of people thought, "Oh no, this is too much ginger." And they Yeah, like I
1: it. like ginger too. And <clears throat> I remember it being really really you know, like pungent yeah, at first really and then pungent. and then it yeah. kind of mellowed out about and 6 then, months
0: in. Yeah. Just like with the cinnamon one. About 6 months Which, in.
1: Then it was really good.
0: Then it was just delicious. <laughs> because the uh the the as a beer matures in the in the keg or in, in bottles, even it uh, flavor particles fall out. They they actually physically fall out of the beer, and uh, that's what mellows it over time. So hot flavor, a hot bitterness will fall fall out of the beer. So if you have a really really hoppy beer, the bitterness from from that beer will um, from that hoppiness will fall out. Um, so that's why it's it, it's surprising to me that people store and, and save 120. Uh, Dogfish had 120, but apparently it ages well. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't had 120 ever, so I don't... I certainly haven't had an old one, you know, an aged 120. So I would love to get my hands on some and age it, see how it goes, see what it tastes like. But um, anyway, we were talking about the red hair event, and uh, I guess sidetracked. So... Um,
1: I was going to say something, too. Um, remember, I was going to ask you, what beer did, is the um, Southern Sky? They released a beer in a can. Which beer was it?
0: Uh, Worlds Apart. That's that, their pink. They call it their pink beer. Yeah. It's sort of a, a fruited uh It's not really ale. pink, though, right? It has a pinkish hue. Hmm. It's not really, really pink. It's mostly beer-colored, you know, golden um, with a hint of pink in it. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. Well, that's terrific news. Yeah,
0: me. I was uh, yeah, well, I was going to get to that in beer news, but you jumped the gun.
1: I'm so. sorry, I just thought of it. So, <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> it's fine. It, you know, the uh, I have not tried it in a can. Uh, there was an event at uh, World of Beer that was scheduled for the twentieth, and they rescheduled it to Tuesday this week at at eleven thirty. In the day? In the day.
1: That's crazy.
0: I thought I thought that's nuts. I had marked it down as interested. I in, on Facebook. I was going to go, and because I thought it was in the evening, and then they moved it to Tuesday afternoon in the uh, starting at eleven thirty to go until like two, and I, I just <laughs> said not going. I yeah, took it off my calendar. I I love those guys. They're terrific, but uh, I'm not going to be drinking on a Tuesday afternoon in the middle of the day.
1: It's not just, when you have to work.
0: It's not happening. No. I don't know what kind of turnout they could have possibly gotten for that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I had a, maybe it was a misunderstanding. I don't know. Anyway, I, I think it's, I know that World of Beer tends to, when they have like t- tap events where they, they put a bunch of things on tap, they like to start them at 1130. They, but
1: they usually go longer. They like to the put right?
0: the stuff on tap. Yeah. And then, but they don't actually expect to see a whole lot of people until the evening. And it was at World of Beer, so maybe I misunderstood, but, you know, I, I had wished uh, that I had a chance to go, but I couldn't go at 1130 and on a... Tuesday. Tuesday. But I will, uh, if I see it in the in the stores, you know, Total Wine or something like that, I'm going to pick up a six-pack at least and get it in the fridge. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a little news there for us is that we just, uh, our beer fridge died and uh it's out there um
1: with beer in it with
0: beer in it uh we need to get the beer out of there anyway uh, the uh the the replacement is going to be an actually uh a freezer uh, don't don't get crazy i'm not going to freeze my beer i'm going to put a temperature controller on it so that it never gets above uh, below um 40 degrees about 40 degrees yeah. i'm going to set it for 40 And um, the idea is that uh, it's an upright freezer, so it doesn't have two compartments. Uh, Freezers have a much thicker wall uh, on the...
1: More insulated.
0: So they're more insulated. So the advantage here is that it should be more efficient than a refrigerator. I didn't need the freezer capability in my beer fridge. I just wanted a lot of space for beer. Which I do. I have cavernous uh, space now for beer, and um, uh, and I can control the temperature exactly the way I want to. So and it's going to
1: fit a lot of beer.
0: It's going to fit a lot of beer, and um, you know I leave some space at the bottom for uh, brining turkeys and things like that when you know Thanksgiving comes around. So it'll be it'll be good. Uh, I'm I'm really excited about it, but I got it at the uh, Sears outlet for steel. It was awesome. It, it so,
1: was. It was. Well, I mean, like you a, know, it's got damage on the outside, but I mean. Yeah. Well, I'm cares? gonna paint
0: it's, that. I'm gonna sand that down and paint that door, uh, probably with some um, uh, chalkboard paint. So.
1: So you can write on it. And write on it. Well, I mean, it is going in the garage, so. And it's just gonna be for beer, so. Yep. So. Yeah.
0: It's gonna be a frigidaire. I'm excited. That's coming next week. Um. So let's uh let's move on to. Beer news, and um, there's a few things I want to talk about. I'm going to start off with the happy things, the the good news, and uh, some events that are that are coming up. So, Red Hair is having another event, uh, actually this Saturday, and that's the um, twenty what seventh? Yeah, 27th. And it's their fifth anniversary celebration. It's hard to believe that Red Hair has been around that long, but they have. And uh, they're celebrating with a huge list of beers here. They're going to have, uh, I'm going to read off this list of beers. It's phenomenal. A lot of beers,
1: yeah.
0: Um, You're not going to want to sleep in that day and and, uh, not make it there by two. Because you'll miss out on some casks. Uh, I wasn't referring to you. (laughs) I'm, I'm talking to the audience. Um, Gangway IPA, Long Day Lager, Cottontail Pale Ale, Watership Brown, Wabbit Wheat, Hassen Pfeffer Oktoberfest, uh, Sticky Stout, the 2015, uh, the National Common, the Evolving Hair Session IPA number one with Citra, and the Evolving Hair Session IPA t- number two with Columbus, SPF fifty fifty. that's their Rattler.
1: That's one of my favorites.
0: Um, a chocolate porter. I've had the chocolate porter. It was very good. And a whiskey barrel aged chocolate porter. Mm. And a barrel aged sticky stout. That's going to be good. And a cottontail and the, and the creamsicle that we're drinking right now. Plus five specialty casks designed by the staff. And a baseball bat, uh, peanut butter and jelly Oktoberfest. Cascaway, Key Lime Pie Lager, uh, Honey Blue Blue, which is honey and blueberry lager, Pear O' Gingers, Pear and Ginger Pale Ale, and Mystery, it's all in the name. Going to have to roll the dice and try this one. So they're not going to tell us what it is.
1: Now, how many tickets do we get for this thing? How many beers do we get to try?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean...
1: Look got all these beers and we only get six tickets?
0: Wow. Is that how it goes? I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm looking here. Tickets will be available. Uh, uh, the ticket includes entry to the... Uh, no, ticket prices... Includes a commemorative fifth anniversary stemmed glass, thirty-six ounces of beer samples, live music, sixteen-ounce four-pack of Rare Hair Number Three whiskey barrel-aged sticky stout, or choice of summer seasonal six-pack to take home, and access to the brewery for self-guided tours.
1: So we get six samples, thirty-six ounces. They're six-ounce fours, right?
0: Yeah. I think that's smart, access to the brewery. Uh, last time it was so crowded on the on, on, you know, fourth anniversary. That'll alleviate some of the crowding. And it's... Uh, For
1: people to be able to just go tour the... Yeah,
0: they'll be able to wander around in the brewery. I'm sure they'll have sensitive areas marked off and uh, try to keep people out of certain parts of the brewery. But um, but if there's... Uh, you know, if there's an extra space for people to stand and mill around, it'll be a lot easier for, for uh, people to find space, especially inside, because it is August. It's going to be. It's going to
1: be hot. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm going to be. I gonna
1: heard that they're sure going to where... have canopies up and stuff. Right. They're trying to provide shade, for, you know, when people are outside. That'll be good. So well, last
0: year they had a big tent or something like like that, right? Yeah. Didn't they? I think so. Anyway, I'm going to be bringing in uh, some chairs. Make sure we have some place to sit our little butts. Well, my big butt. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, actually, I would really love to see all of you all there. Uh, if you uh, haven't met me, if you listen and you haven't met me, uh, please introduce yourself. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have met me, come come by and say hello and, and have a beer with me. I, I really would appreciate uh, hearing from the listeners and um, sharing some time. Yeah, and give beer. some
1: love to the beer angel too.
0: Yeah, there yeah. you go. You can say hi to her too. She's she's all right. I, Am I think, right? I, I actually right. think okay. I only have friends because of her. Most people <laughs> like her better than me. Anyway, so Red Hair, uh, August twenty uh, seventh starts at two p.m. and goes till six. So uh, you're gonna have to pick pretty selectively what you what you've decided to have now i've had most of the stuff so i'll I'll probably stick into those casks and uh uh and maybe that chocolate the the whiskey barrel aged chocolate porter um for my samples because otherwise you're not going to get to taste you can't taste everything on the list with uh,
1: right i'm going to try and get the stuff that they don't normally have
0: right But of course, everybody else. Everybody
1: else is too. too, So
0: it's it's going to be it's going to be patience is going to be required. But the cool thing about beer, people, is that it's relatively asshole free. So yeah, everybody should just. Most people just chill and have a good time and and and,
1: have some beer together. Yeah, nobody gets all stressed out. You know, you miss out on one of the beers. Who cares? You'll get to try it again. I'm sure. Another time, well, so, maybe. You, know,
0: you may never get to try it again, but it's not the end of the world anyway. It's just a beer. There are plenty of other beers out there in the world. There, there are thousands of beers. Thousands. All right. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, another anniversary. Um, the Red Brick Brewing Company, formerly known as abc uh, atlanta beer company um is having their 23rd anniversary and uh yeah our friend uh steve anderson is the uh, head brewer over there and uh september 24th is the uh is the event it's a saturday um and it's Goes from eleven a.m. to five p.m. It's a little early for drinking beer, but okay. And uh, twenty dollars tickets um, include entry and samples of the finest beers in Atlanta. Um, yeah, and you know they they always have uh, this our twenty third anniversary American Wild Ale is the is the specialty brew for the event. Uh, they always have some kind of anniversary ale. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, we'll definitely yeah, be at, like at Red Brick. We've missed it the last two years because uh, we've we're scheduled to be out of town th- that weekend, the last two years. So, we were at Disney going to food so and now wine. Yeah, we're gonna be there. Yeah. So now we're gonna be there. We're gonna definitely be there. We're Do not, we have tickets? Not, uh... Not yet. I don't know uh-huh. if you have to buy tickets at the door, or, or you got to buy them ahead. There's no link for tickets. I think you just show up and and buy your ticket at the door. But I'm looking at the Facebook page. I'll have to find out, make sure we have tickets. So I'd hate for us to get there and be turned away.
1: Yeah, that would uh, be good.
0: So that's going to be exciting. And they don't have a lot of information here uh, on here other than that uh, bit about the, uh, anniversary while American wild ale. Uh, but Steve really, know, Steve and Garrett really know how to make beer. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't expect there, that to be a slack in beer and I, and that the, their beers are always really good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that event. Um, so, then the next item for beer news is a little less of a, a happy note, and that is the death of one of the best breweries in Georgia, at least to me. Uh, Terrapin Beer Company has been, or is being bought, and they sh- the, the sale should be final uh, this month by Miller Coors.
1: That's so saying.
0: <clears throat> um. Yeah, the, the Millicore's already owned um, a percent stake in, in Terrapin, but it was less than 50%. And uh, now they're going to be uh, ramping that up to owning it outright. So uh, I don't know what that means for uh, Spike and John. Uh, I'm sure they'll be uh, sticking around for, for a while. But uh, it, it almost doesn't matter because I will not buy products produced by Miller Coors, period. I won't do it. And um, the reason is that Miller Coors and ABNBev uh and now there's, those two companies are merging and this Molson Coors is being spun off. Um, that's another thing I want to talk about in a minute, uh, is they actively lobby Congress and state legislatures around the country for laws that hurt craft brewers. And if you love craft brew, you don't want to give a penny to those monsters. These people, if their beer could compete, they wouldn't have to do this kind of stuff. They are... Uh, the worst, the absolute worst kind of people, because they they use the police power of government to uh, enforce what their non-competitive uh, policies on on the people on the on breweries. You know, breweries in Georgia cannot, uh, at this point, still sell beer directly to the public. And the main reason for that is that not just the distributors, but uh, ABM Bev and, P- and Miller Coors and these big uh, brewing concerns lobby the Congress of the, the, the Georgia legislature. They lobby um, on behalf of, of these uh, uh, distributors in order to keep things the way they are. So just from a Georgia point of view, the, the people at Millicores and the people at, uh, at AB Bev are working against your craft brewers. They're hurting them. And now Spike and John have decided to sell out to them. Now, I get it.
1: Why would they sell out, you think?
0: Well, I, okay, I, I want to back up that for a second. I don't mean sell out in a sense like they um, they've committed some kind of sin. They have not committed a sin. Spike and John have made the decision to, to do something with their company that is probably good for them, good for their employees, they probably think, good for you know, their investors, because I'm sure they're not the only ones with, with money in this, um, in this thing. Uh, they chose a path that financially works for them, right? And that's the goal of business. Businesses are designed to make money. They're not there for any other reason. Their only exi- purpose for existing is to make money. So, I'm not, I'm, I'm not faulting John. And I'm not faulting Spike. These guys made this decision. And I'm sure it wasn't their decision alone either. They probably had lots of other people involved in that decision. W- what I... And I don't even blame Miller Coors for wanting to own Terrapin. It's an awesome company that makes awesome beer. But I will not, I will not send my money to a company that works to hurt the other craft brewers out there and favor their own. So Terrapin is now going to be under this umbrella of Miller Coors, and Miller is going to fight to give Terrapin an advantage. Using the police power of government, using greased palms and legislatures, using whatever means that they, uh, they can devise to cheat and steal from these people. Not, not steal in a real sense, but using the government to, to put up barriers to, to competition, to hurt craft brewers. Make it harder for them to succeed.
1: Yeah, we yeah. don't want that.
0: No. We need a free market. We need a free market. And Miller Coors and, and ABM Bev are against free markets. And if if we had a free market, in, in California there's a free market in beer. Brewers can self-distribute if they want to. So a small brewer who's just starting out can, sh- can uh, choose to sell their beer directly to uh bars in their area so like uh red brick or not red brick um they've been around 23 years i'm huh? thinking about burnt hickory burnt hickory when they got started had to sell their beer to savannah the distributor and then savannah had to bring it over to taco Mac. even though the distance from uh uh burnt hickory to the Kennesaw Tacomac, where they did their release party, was literally like three or four miles,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? They could have just filled up some kegs and drove them over there in a pickup truck or some kind of van, you know. And they could, if they if, if they had been in California, they probably would have done that, and it would have been a hell of a lot easier for Bert Hickory to make it. They made it anyway, because these guys are. Are pushing. They're, they're working hard. Um, uh, Southern Sky is the same situation. They're literally two miles down from World of Beer. And World of Beer always has their beer on tap, but they have to sell to a distributor, and then that distributor brings the beer over to World of Beer. It's just absurd. A small operator like that ought to be able to self distribute. Everybody ought to be able to self distribute. Now, distributing on your own is stupid if you get big it's stupid this distribution is a totally different business from brewing beer you know there's logistics there's fleets of trucks there's salespeople, there's there's all this stuff that that distributors can and do that's why there are still distributors very very successful distributors in california even though craft brewers can circumvent uh these distributors if they want to the, the distributors in California are making tons of money, tons of money. And the reason is because they uh, they provide a service to the to the brewers and to the and to their uh, the uh, retail locations that they they distribute to. They provide a service that's needed. It's a go-between, and it helps. It greases it up. You know who one of the biggest uh, distributors in California is right now who? for craft beer, Stone. Stone chose to self-distribute when they first started up. At, they're down in San Diego. They started uh, self-distributing uh, across the state. Well, they got good at it, right? So, and they saw that that there were a lot of there's a few distributors in California. A lot of them are actually owned in part by Bev. so craft brewers weren't getting good treatment by these distributors necessarily uh so stone stepped in and said you know what i can distribute your beer i'm distributing my beer already so they went in and and uh essentially established a new distributor in, in uh in uh california and they they distribute for a lot of other breweries in California as well. Like um, uh, Heretic Brewing uh, is distributed by Stone. Is my understanding. And um, there's a there's a bunch of other ones. They distribute uh, probably dozens, if not hundreds, of brands there. And I, I you know personally think the uh, the the. The way California runs things is is the way to go. Uh, Georgia's not even close, but one of the reasons it's not close is because of companies like Miller Coors and ABM lobbying Georgia legislators to keep these um, the, the laws that we need to create a free market in beer um, off the books. So, I uh, just you know another uh, example of a, a really terrific company that uh, makes terrific beer uh, that is growing is uh, Sweetwater. Sweetwater is doing what Terrapin, I wish Terrapin had done. Sweetwater is expanding. They've opened a brewery in California. They are. Uh, uh, they're expanding across the country without ending up as part of ABMBev or uh or MillerCoors, you know? They're they're uh they're doing it. They're doing what Terrapin should be doing. Well, what I wish they had done, I shouldn't say should be. Like I said, I can't tell them how to run their business. They've made their decision. I think they understand they're probably going to lose certain uh elements of the craft beer uh, fandom. Um, but it's the choice they made. So, and the choice that I'm going to make is to not drink or uh, buy their beer anymore. Um, the good news, though, is that I make a really good Terrapin Rye clone. And that's my favorite beer from them. So I'm going to uh, enjoy that beer for years to come because I'm going to make it myself. Yippee. Do you like that one?
1: I do like that one.
0: Yeah. It's a good, it's a good beer. So, uh, well, that's enough about that. I'm, you know, I, I will, uh, I'm mourning the, uh, the, the passing of a, of an old and dear friend. Uh, so, yeah, took the Terrapin sticker off the back of my computer
1: that's so sad.
0: Took the terrapin keychain off my keys.
1: No more going to Oktoberfest. Uh,
0: or you mean terrapin. Uh, You know, the Hop Harvest Festival, is that what yeah. you're talking about? Well we only went once, but it was fun. will be going there again. So y'all go ahead and enjoy it if you want. But just remember you're giving money to the beast. Um I do I do wanna encourage Everybody who listens to this, uh, if you love craft beer, to boycott anything made by uh, 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 Miller Coors or AB and Beth. They're just not. Um,
1: Unless that's what you drink. Unless you drink Miller. Well, if you're listening to this
0: podcast <laughs> and, you, and, and, uh, and you're enjoying it, I can't imagine that that Miller Lite is one of your favorite beers. Um, no. <clears throat> I would... Uh,
1: Unless you want to drink water. Then, you know, if you want to get hydrated, just drink some Miller Lite.
0: So what we're going to talk about next is, is actually uh, the uh, something ver- uh, related to what I've just talked about. And that is uh, uh, an infographic I saw on Facebook um, that describes the, uh, what they call the illusion of choice in beer. And uh, I'm going to pull it up in a minute here, and we're going to we're going to talk about it a little bit. And I'm going to post it on the Facebook page, but I want, uh, but I want to say a few things about the way the the beer industry is, is uh, structured right now. So um, there are these, uh, there were these, there were two big, three big beer companies, right, in America. There was Miller, there was Coors, and there was Budweiser. And then A B got bought by MBEV, which is a, actually a foreign company from Europe, and they owned a bunch of stuff. So Anheuser Bush got bought by them. This Miller merged with a company. Um, and I'm not sure I can't remember what SAB stood for, but uh Miller and SAB merged together and became SAB Miller. Um and uh, Coors ended up getting bought by SAB Miller, and that changed the name to Miller Coors. And now Bev is buying Miller Coors, but in order to avoid um, the monopolization and you know get approval from antitrust people at the uh, US, uh, I guess that's the Department of Commerce. Um, they they are actually spinning off a bunch of brands under a new heading called a new organization called Molson Coors. So, as as Miller Coors becomes absorbed, because the thing is, how can how can ABM Bev produce both Bud Light and Miller Light, the the two competitors, uh, biggest competitors in the light American beer market. So. And that's one of the Miller core or this uh, Molson cores is now going to produce Miller light and Miller high life and, you know, MGD and, uh, you know, things like that. Um, So, and then there's another, there's another set of companies. Okay. So the, uh, the graphic, I'm going to post this on uh, a link to it on my, uh, on the Facebook page, but, you have ABM Bev Sab Miller. Um, that company is going to uh, have uh, Budweiser, Bud Light, um, Michelob brands, uh, Natty Light, um, Rolling Rock, and uh, Miller Lite, and uh, Miller and. Um, uh, a few other brands are being sold over to a company called Molson Coors. And that goes for also for uh, Blue Moon and, and Cougar are going to go over to Molson Coors. And um, then ABM Bev is going to have uh, Kona. Did you know ABM Bev owns Kona? I don't drink Kona. Red Hook owned by ABM Bev. Uh, Elysian. Is owned by A.B. and Bev. Uh, Goose Island. This is going to make you cry, dear angel. This is going to make you cry. Why? Breckenridge Brewery is owned by A.B. and Bev. No. Yes, it is. Shock Top. No, I knew that. Blue Point. That's another one. I did not know that they got purchased by A.B. and Bev. That toasted lager is so good. See, these companies, they make great beer. So, by extension, AB InBev makes great beer. They don't just make crap beer. They they used to just make crap beer. Yeah, now, but it wasn't their make,
1: beer to start off with.
0: It, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. theirs now. They own it. It's theirs. You can't say that it's not theirs. It's theirs. They didn't um, create it.
1: Let's just say that.
0: Pilsner or Kel? I
1: know. It used to be one of my favorites.
0: Well... It is the quintessential top example of the the Czech Pilsner in in, in, the, in the world, right now. Most people would say, "Well, I've had better," or you know, some people might say they they've had better Pilsners or or things like that. the, the that really, if you're talking about the style, it's. That's the kind of the standard everything is built on. I mean Pilsner Raquel is a very, very old brand. And they're still making the beer the same way they always did. Right? That's my understanding. Uh there's plenty of of beers. Uh Negro Modello is ABM bev now. So I guess uh, Grupo Modello got bought out. I was wondering where what happened to Grupo Modelo. That's why, uh, yeah, and that's why Corona and Corona Light, Corona Extra and Corona Light are uh, are owned by AB bev So then there's a, another company called, you know, Wilson Coors, as I mentioned. And they're going to have Coors, Coors Light, Keystone Ice, um, Genuine, uh, MGD, uh, Miller High Life, Miller Light. um, Killians is theirs. Um, Blue Moon, Third Shift, uh, Rickards. I, I don't know these. I don't other than Blue Moon and Line Kugel, I don't know these breweries. Um, then there's another large company called five companies that control most of the beer made in the uh, in the in the world. Uh, is Heineken? Heineken of course owns their Heineken beer. They own Murphy's. They own Dos Equis or Dos Equis. I don't know. Soul, which is that, um, Corona-ish beer. Um, then there's, um, so Heineken owns uh, Lagunitas. That's a surprise. I did not know that. That's, um, see, I'd have to know more about Heineken to know if I want to boycott them just because they're big doesn't mean they're bad. Um, if Heineken's not out there working hard to uh, hurt craft uh, brewers, then I can still drink their beer.
1: Heineken owns Laguanitas?
0: Yeah, they own Lagunitas. Um, The it, Like I said, I, it, it has to do with what their activities are. They are out there doing things that are bad. I'm not going to drink their beer. Um, Molson Coors, I don't know if that entity is going to be um, is going to be engaging in the same kind of behavior as uh, as the, you know, the old Miller, uh, SAB Miller or Miller Cores or ABMBAB have all, all done, always done. There's another company called Diego. They own Diago. Oh, this might be Diageo. Is this Diageo? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. Dia D-I-A-G-E-O. D-I-A-G-E-O. Um, Diageo, that they do spirits as well. They own a lot of spirits. They own Guinness, Kilkenny, Harp, Smithwick's, Wind, Windhawk, and and Tusker Lager. Which, those are. Uh, I like the first four. I, I know those. I haven't had Windhawk or uh, Tusker. Although, I might have had Tusker at um, Animal Kingdom. Do they have that at Animal Kingdom? Does that sound familiar? whip beer? Uh, Tusker Lager. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I think I've had that at, 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 at you know. And then there's another big company called Carlsberg Group. They own Carlsberg and Cronenberg, 1664, and Tetley's, and um, uh, Holston, and... Anyway, these are all, you know, again... These are all beers uh, that are probably, you know, they might be. So these are all, you know, beers. People drink them. I don't know that. I mean, I like some of them. I don't like, I probably wouldn't like others or I haven't tried a bunch of them, but these are the you know, major brands across the world and uh, they're owned by five big companies. Uh, The two biggest uh, ABM and uh, Molson Coors now are the. Are the ones that that you know? I believe are actively working to, to damage the the craft beer industry and small craft brewers um, that are out there pushing the envelope. You know, people like um, Red Red Hair, you know, Red Brick, um, Southern Sky. You know, these guys are are not their their life is harder. The um the, the their potential for success is diminished um and they're going to they're going to succeed I believe they will succeed I mean uh, red hair and red brick have already succeeded they're well established the um uh southern sky and and uh, will succeed I think because they make great beer Right, but uh, it, if it could have been easier for them, and it's not because Molson Coors or AB InBev um, pay lobbyists to make it hard for them, then I'm not sending my money to them. Anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, the future topic today, and and that is Oktoberfest beers. Or uh, sometimes they're called Mertzen beers. And uh, I have a page up here I want to uh, kind of refer to uh, Oktoberfests. Um, so Oktoberfest is a essentially a harvest festival in Germany, and they celebrate the 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 harvest by um, drinking beer. Which how else would you? I mean, really, uh, it just makes sense. And now, in the uh, the reason they're also called Meritsons is because they were traditionally brewed in March. So, with the hot summer months, it was pre- pretty much impossible to brew beer before refrigeration during the summer. Okay, because the uh, you wouldn't be able to cool the beer down uh, fast enough. Uh, for pitching the yeast and then the um, bacteria would get in there and it would make, it, the beer would turn bad. So uh, they, they pretty much stopped brewing in March and picked up again in September, October. So um, what they would do is they would put these loggers. Now, a, a lager... Is a beer that is uh, uses a, a lager yeast and is fermented cold, or fairly cold. Uh, lager yeast needs to be from a uh, ferment between forty-eight and fifty-eight degrees, and that and the lager uh, strain of uh, of uh, yeast is actually different uh, uh, from the. The strain that, that ferments ales, so uh, loggers lend themselves to long-term cold storage. In fact, the term logger really means store to store cold, and uh, they would store them in these caves up in the mountains in the uh, in the local areas. So, you know, they they would each have uh, each local area would have caves in the mountains that would be used to, uh, as cold storage, you know, cause it's, it remained cold up in the mountains all the time. And, uh, it was the, the version of refrigeration they had, which was, uh, they, uh, they, they moved the, the beer from where it was produced up into these colder climes so that it could lager for months. And so this beer would lager and age over in a, in cold storage from March until October. In time for Oktoberfest, and then they bring out the Meritsons, uh to to celebrate the harvest. And um, the the beer is generally speaking, uh, the beer is a um, let's see, a beer advocate describes it as uh, a full bodied rich toasty typically dark copper in color with a medium to high alcohol content Um, the common munich oktoberfest beer served in weissen the location at which munich celebrates oktoberfest uh, contains roughly five to six percent alcohol by volume is a dark copper in color has a mild hop profile and is typically labeled as a Bavarian Mertzen beer in style. So, these uh, beers, these uh, Märzen beers or Oktoberfest beers, were um, uh, were you, you know they they became they had this special place because of their use in the in the um, Oktoberfest festival. So. Uh, we have one here with us we uh we're sampling the uh red hair hasen pfeffer oktoberfest and every year they they've been uh, i don't know about every year but the last few years they've come out with this oktoberfest and uh i i think they do a pretty good job with their oktoberfest yeah i like it it's a it's a delicious beer it's it, it it definitely um fits that description it's got a um uh, I wouldn't call it dark, but it is copper. Mm-hmm. It's got a copper color to it. Um, it's got uh, definitely a a full body and um, toasty. Yeah, you definitely get toast. You get uh, you know rich, rich flavor. I, I just it's it's a good one. Other good Oktoberfests fests are. Um, uh, Sam Adams makes a good Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah, I, like um, uh, I love Victory's Fest beer. It's one it's I still say it's one of my favorite beers of all time. I mean they just they just make a terrific um, beer that fest beer is, is delicious. Oktoberfest uh, from Great Lakes is is also a good good one. Um Vine Stefan, Vine Stefaner
1: mm-hmm.
0: Oktoberfest beer is uh, well, in my opinion, Weinstefaner is one of the best uh, German breweries. Period. So, of course, they make an awesome Oktoberfest. Um, you really want to know what a good what an Oktoberfest is supposed to taste like? Uh, go with a German. Um, Anger Oktoberfest uh, is good. Uh, the Spaten is delicious. Um, the Hofbrau is a good one too. Uh, there's, but there's a lot of uh, American makers who make terrific Oktoberfest beers. Uh, I don't know if I've ever had this. The Left Hand. I see, I'm, I'm looking at a list here. Bell's Oktoberfest, I've had that. That's very very good. Um, never had Beck's. I probably wouldn't because it's a, uh, it's one of those big three. But, oh, uh, there's a there's a good number listed here. And I always look forward to Oktoberfest. So my first lager ever was, was a Meritson. Of course, I didn't dr- wait until October to drink it. I drank it. It was all gone by June. I <laughs> made it in March, though. Um, so, do you have anything to add to uh, this discussion about Meritsons? What do you like about them? Do, do you Pretty get much what- the
1: same uh, things that you were describing. Right. The toastiness,
0: the... Do you, do you taste that? Do you yeah, do you I see do. what they mean by that toasty moniker? It's definitely there.
1: Yeah, when you uh, said it, I when I was taking a sip of it, I noticed what you were saying.
0: And yeah, when we talk about beers, you know, and the, their flavor profiles, the malt characters are given, you know, terms like a toasty or bready, um, roasted, you know, there's, there's these different flavors that you know, the flavor, um, general flavor profiles that you can talk about, monikers that are given, uh, you know, and then there's, there's flavors that come from the, uh, the yeast as well. And there's flavors that come from the hops, of course. There's almost no, I mean, when you're used to drinking, when you drink a lot of IPAs like I do, you, you taste this Meritson and, uh, it, there's almost no hop character to it at all, but uh, that doesn't bother me. I, I don't. I don't want a lot of hop in a Meritzen because that's it's not appropriate. But uh, it doesn't have a huge hop character. So um, that's about it. it. Is a wrap up. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Really appreciate you all listening to the podcast and uh, I wanted to close out with uh, some information on how to get in contact with us. Uh, you can uh, email me at uh, BFB at the big fat or I'm sorry, BFB at com. You can also just go to the website, com. There's um, all the episodes are posted there. There's also uh the Facebook page it's uh facebook.com slash big fat brewer. And there's uh Twitter at big fat brewer. And, uh, I'm on SoundCloud as SoundCloud slash big fat brewer. And, uh, we're on Patreon as Patreon slash, uh, big fat brewer. So, uh, all those links are actually on the website. So I, I would just go to bigfatbrewer.com and, uh, and uh, launch from there. So you can get to our Twitter page, you can get to our Facebook page, you can get to the Patreon page. Uh, If you'd like to donate and help us uh, continue this uh, adventure, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to have to come up with some special events for uh, patrons uh, once uh, we get some. We haven't got any yet. (laughs) But uh, we'll do some... uh, you know hangouts or uh, or maybe some meetups um, or things like that to uh, to reward the patrons uh, and uh, that's about it so uh, hopefully I know it's been you know I wanted to acknowledge that it has been quite a while since we recorded uh, we had planned on recording
1: yes totally his fault
0: <laughs> yeah well <laughs> there was uh, there were times we were supposed to record and i was sick and there were times when we were supposed to record and uh we you know just were had too much stuff going on and so uh, it's been a while and we're going to try and keep this going every two weeks but um please bear with us if uh, we don't get get it out every two weeks um anyway uh thanks for listening and have a terrific day
1: bye